Hey everybody, it's Michael Douglas, and welcome to Music Makes Me High. And you know, yeah, I got something to talk about. Hi, and welcome to the Music Makes Me High podcast. I'm your host, Michael Douglas. And you know, 1984 was such a stellar year for pop music, replete with blockbuster albums. It was a veritable cornucopia of styles and trends as disparate and chock full of talent as the artists that started those trends. Like Prince, Purple Rain, Bruce Springsteen, Born in the USA, Cyndi Lauper, She's So Unusual, just to name a few all in a year saturated with record-breaking album and single sales. And what pop music fan could ask for more? I was so lucky to be a high school student just taking it all in at the time. And you know, there's another act whose blockbuster 1984 release could have been A Canary in a Coal Mine. Now, no one really knew how big this artist's album would become. Sure, Brian Adams started out successful enough, with his decent third pop album, Cuts Like a Knife, an album that I bought in the summer of 1983, but it would take 1984's Reckless to thrust him into superstardom. On this edition of the podcast, we're going to take in Reckless, Brian Adams' signature career achievement, an album that would yield six top 40 hits, with three hitting the top 10 and one going all the way to number one. Let's get it all started with One Night Love Affair right here, On the Music Makes Me High podcast, I'm your host, Michael Douglas.
That's One Night Love Affair, a track Brian Adams took to number 13 on the pop charts and was the fifth of six tunes released from the album Reckless. Now, out of all of his released singles, this was the one that I think continued the momentum of the album well into 1985 and cemented his relevancy in pop music that year. The opening riff just reels you in. Incredible. Now, up next is the track She's Only Happy When She's Dancing, the first of the album tracks on Reckless. And out of all of the unreleased tracks, this is the one that I think was more filler than urgent, mostly a placeholder between a couple of solid hits, the aforementioned One Night Love Affair, and the track we'll hear in short order, my favorite on the album, Run To You. Brian Adams's Reckless on this edition of the Music Makes Me High podcast.
I just love that song, Run To You, which hit number six. It was actually one of the final tunes written for Reckless in late 1983 and was released to radio the following year. And in 1984, after the song was released to radio, it really... It, I don't know, it's something about the song's hooks, led by the breezy rock background and the bass, made for many re repeat listens for me that year. And I recall that this song and many others from the album were played in my locker room during football season that year. And, and you know, it's funny how songs like this just thrust you back into a cool time warp every time you hear it. Now, up next on this edition of the Music Makes Me High podcast, Brian Adams's keystone track from the album, Heaven, a song that would be his first number one, an arena track if there ever was one. Heaven is truly a great song, which for me means that it's production, lyrics, arrangement, all of that technically intact with not one wasted word, a true classic. Here's Brian Adams on the Music Makes Me High podcast. Heaven.
Michael Douglas here. Thanks for listening to the Music Makes Me High podcast. Reckless is the album. Brian Adams is the artist. Now, this next track is also one of the better known from the album. The song Somebody was co-written by Adams and his other his writing partner on the album, Jim Valance, who, who essentially co-wrote the album with him. And uh, the latter, Jim Valance, explained that the lyrics, and the winners and losers, you see it every night, were inspired by his nights playing drums in nightclubs. He went on to say, it was pathetic. You'd see the same people every night of the week, drinking and dancing and hoping to meet someone to go home with. I used to sit behind my drum kit, look out at the audience, and watch the whole damn thing unfold like a bad soap opera. In my mind, the winners, the ones who found someone to go home with, were really the losers.
And now for the most controversial song on the album Reckless. I think everybody knows what, what I'm leading into here. The Summer of 69. Is it really a song about sex or about one of the coolest years in pop music history? Well, according to Brian Adams in 1969 when he was only nine years old, he has always said it's a very simple song about looking back on the summertime and making love. And for me, quoting Brian Adams here, the 69 was a metaphor for making love, not about the year. Now, I had someone in Spain ask me once why I wrote the first line, I had my first real sex dream, and I had to laugh. Well, there you go. If you really didn't know uh, you know, about this, this song and its quote-unquote controversy, now you do, and we can kind of move on. His esteemed co-writer, Jim Valance, was a little more technical on the subject. Valance explains that the song went through a number of changes, and it was originally called Best Days of My Life. Of course, you hear him utter that phrase in the song. The Summer of 69 only appeared once in the original uh, lyricism of the song. Valance uh, felt that this the, run, the Jackson Brown song, Running on Empty, which contains the lyrics in 69 when I was 21, was a subconscious influence on their writing, and that Adams may have been influenced by the movie of Summer, 40, uh, Summer 42. So, you know, whatever you think the motivation of the writers is, it's a great song. And every time I hear it, I think of the classic double entendre and the way it melds with the song's energy, and that's all I really need to enjoy. You know what I mean? Here he is, Brian Adams with the top five smash from the summer of 85, Summer of 69. <laughs>
track we heard, Kids Wanna Rock, is classic Brian Adams. It's an opening with a classic guitar burner that just doesn't let up. I'm so verklempt when I talk about it. It's just a song in which the lyrics brim with the defiance of the title. Turned on the radio, sounded like a disco, must have turned the dial for a couple of miles, but I couldn't find no rock and roll. This computerized crap ain't getting me off. Everywhere I go, kids want to rock. London to L.A., talking about the new wave. For a couple of bucks, you get a weird haircut and waste your life away. Around the world or around the block, everywhere I go, kids want to rock. Jim Valance, the co-writer on the track, says the idea for the song, Kids Wanna Rock, began one summer evening in 1984 at the Queen Elizabeth Theater in Vancouver, British Columbia. He says, me, Brian, and my wife, Rachel, had gone to see a performance by a predominantly synth-based recording artist. Discussing it later, one of us just remarked how the kids just want to rock. And the phrase stuck and we wrote most of that song the next day. Just as Paul McCartney used Scrambled Eggs as a contemporary or a temporary title for the song yesterday, Brian and I had a temporary lyric before we settled on Kids Wanna Rock. Instead of Around the World or Around the Block, everywhere I go, we had What Sir Lou Grodd Got Against Me, I Can't Get My Songs on the BBC, an accurate reflection of Brian's uh, inability, Brian Adams' inability to get time on uh, airplay at UK radio. The only problem is we got our people mixed up. Lou Grodd was a, an independent TV producer who had nothing to do with BBC radio whatsoever. Okay, I had no idea. <laughs> the eighth track on the album is his classic duet with Tina Turner. This would be a, a runner-up for my favorite track on the album. Uh, the track, It's Only Love. The song was the sixth and final track released to radio in the fall of 85, peaking within the top 20 in January and early 86. The song was nominated to, for a Grammy for Best Rock Performance by a duo or a group with vocal, and the accompanying video won an MTV Music Award for Best Stage Performance, and it, it is. It's a rollicking video. It was a sixth and final single from Adams's 1984 Reckless album and was included on Tina Turner's live album from 1988, Live in Europe, as well as being added to both artists' greatest hits compilations, um, Adams Anthology in 2005 and Tina Turner's All the Best from 04. All I have to say is that the track should have been a top 10 hit. Now, Brian Adams has always said of the collaboration, quote, working with Tina was amazing. I used to see her in the clubs when I was in my late teens, early 20s, before she hit the big time. And it was incredible to watch her. Now, amazingly, when we toured together years later, I never saw Tina walk through a performance. She always put on a great show and was gracious and grateful to her audience. It was such a privilege to have sung with her, especially since I was only 24 at the time. Here it is, Brian Adams and Tina Turner with its only love from Reckless.
That was the ninth track on the album, Long Gone, a song about a contentious divorce, and personally, I think it's a good place in the album's lineup. You know, Reckless was the first album by a Canadian artist to sell more than a million units of an album within Canada, not to mention that this fourth studio album by Brian Adams was also a major commercial success that extended well beyond the Canadian borders and, for, the, for that matter, the U.S., Charting near the top worldwide, it spawned an incredible six top 20 singles, as I alluded to earlier, in the U.S., all of them written by Valance uh, and Brian Adams. And it, this is one of these true collaborative uh, albums where everything uh, by the two co-writers just clicks. It, In my opinion, the album just really displays the masterful ability of this songwriting team to tap into the pop-slash-rock radio-friendly vibe of the mid-1980s, a great period for it, and truly an essential album. So we'll end out the podcast on that vibe. Brian Adams now with the final track on the album, a track called Ain't Gonna Cry. Thanks for listening to the Music Makes Me High podcast. I'm Michael Douglas, and until next time, when I'll talk about an album I just absolutely cannot live without. Thanks for listening.
Thanks so much for tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe to Music Makes Me High on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you download your favorite podcast so you don't miss the next episode. And until then, keep the music playing. And don't forget to think about what you're listening to.